Hey, it's Dan Harmon from Harmontown. I want to tell you about an exciting new podcast coming to Feral Audio called Launch Left. Rain, Phoenix, and Moon Zappa are going to interview extraordinary minds, mavericks, and pioneers in their fields. This season, Launch Left is going to celebrate nonconformists like Michael Stipe, Shepard Ferry, Spike Jones, Mario Batali, and many others. And those guests are also going to spotlight their favorite left-of-center emerging artists. So listen and subscribe now at feralaudio.com slash left, iTunes, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can do it however you want, man. That's the nonconformist part. PRA, Public Radio America. You're smarter already. This week on You're Welcome. No, you're not crazy. Parking spaces are harder to come by, and in fact, they may qualify as an endangered species. Then, do you know art? If you do, or even if you don't but you know what you like, Listen to correspondent Gail Lefevre interview an incredible new artist on the scene. How do we know she's an incredible artist? Because she's rich. All of this and retractions today on... You're welcome. Welcome to your welcome. I'm Stefan Hyphen-Straitman, and I've only ever grieved Ronald Reagan's mortality. Today's top story, how your love of artisanal soy candles may be helping to drive parking spaces extinct. They're concrete and oftentimes covered in brake dust. But there may be no space more beloved than one on which you can leave your car unattended. Sorry, all other conceivable spaces, but if it weren't for the parking space, there'd be no way for anyone to access anything, because there is no f***ing way I'm walking anywhere in these shoes. Plus, I already showered this morning. Joining us on the scene, from Echo Park, is me. Stefan hyphen Straitman. It's four o'clock on a Sunday, and I'm standing on Morton Avenue, right by the lush Elysian Park Trail. I came here to hike, but I can't find any parking. I might have to go home and turn around. Lena Sanchez talks to me from her car. She used to be able to come here every Saturday just to get her jollies with a brisk walk. But now, the tiny parking lot by the trail is packed solid. Honestly, I'm afraid, you know? There's like six other cars here, and no spots. I can't circle the lot forever. Lena is not alone. Across the city, there are fewer and fewer places to park, causing the mayor to officially declare parking spaces a protected species. Where there are humans with cars, there must be parking spaces. The decline in spaces is deeply troubling. That's Dr. Gertrude McGonagall Meisenstein. Meisenstein. Like I said, Meichenstein, from the Center for the Preservation of Community-Centered Parking Spaces. She studied the shrinking parking spot population in areas scientifically classified as hip urban and has written several books on the subject. It may be difficult to grasp just how vastly diminished this city's parking spaces has become, but the situation is dire. Mother Nature's parking spaces are in crisis. In her most recent study, The Oncological Effects of Cross-Municipal Grid-Based Parking Garages, Dr. Meichenstein, Meichenstein. Tra- like I said, Meichenstein, tracked the threat of shoobies, defined by her as a group of non-residents who traveled to a neighborhood in search of brunch, vintage co-ops, and possibly a cool independent bookstore, you know, depending on how much time they have. In recent years... We have seen a steady rise in shoobies causing the local populations of humans to grow dense. That increase in human interaction is what's causing our parking spaces to become scarce. Our first step towards protecting them will need to be a drastic reduction in artisanal goods consumption. 
We're living under a tyranny, and that tyranny is an overabundance of cars in a world of limited parking lot resources. That voice you hear is Moonbelly Rothschild Hathaway, an activist and member of the organization Privileged Americans Who Swear They Aren't, or PASTA for short. She has spent years living alongside these parking spaces. This is a problem that affects everybody. Everyone needs to park. Old people, young people, doctors, lawyers, Puerto Ricans. We're fighting for a basic human right. I mean, for all I know, this is a basic animal right. Just this past June, Moonbelly chained herself to a four-hour metered parking space on the corner of Sunset and Logan in the hope of spreading her message. It was hard, but I did it. This is our civil rights movement. Can someone bring me a water? All around Echo Park, protesters rally to protect their lots. Save the parking spaces! Our lots our spots! Save the parking spaces! But back in Elysian Park, Lena continues to circle. It's almost five o'clock, but I won't give up. I gotta believe a spot will open up. Someone's got to believe. There was once a time when parking spaces lived up to their name. With hard-working individuals striving to protect that name, Lena and others remain hopeful that parking spaces will rebound. Stefan Hyphen-Straitman, reporting from Echo Park. Can somebody please get Moonbelly some water? PRA and Your Welcome World News are brought to you by the Southern California Drought, because nature hates vegetables too. And by doing jigsaw puzzles alone for weeks on end and then having no one to show it to when it's done. Our next story. Joining us today is guest correspondent Gail Lefevre with Insight into the Art World. Here's Gail. My guest is Mrs. Whittles. She's the artist behind Tater Tot Hot Dish, which recently auctioned for a staggering $1.2 million. Oh, oh my, well, when you say it out loud like that, geez, you're mm. too sweet. Mrs. Whittles, you've been profiled by The New Yorker six times. Your work has been heralded as the most provocative stuff since Duchamp. It's been translated into 47 languages, and there aren't even words. Welcome to the show. Oh, yeah. Well, hiya. Oh, my gosh. Thanks for having me. This is really super, I tell ya. Most art critics would agree that Macaroni Boat was what launched your career. What did that piece mean to you? Mm, oh, geez. Well, you know, I had that box of macaroni noodles that had been sitting in my pantry for at least a year. I mean, don't tell anybody, but it might have been two years. I tell ya, that is just too long. Astounding. Of course... Everyone's wondering about your latest work, Deadpan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just got it from the roundies down the street from my house, you know? Go Vikings. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, I went to fix supper, and wouldn't you know it, I scratched the darn thing. I said, shoot, that's a goner because of all the Teflon and the cancers, you know? All but my two-year-old Favre, he yelled, oh, no, Mommy, Deadpan. <laughs> oh, I tell ya, it was such a hoot, you know? I know. There's been quite a bit of controversy over the appearance of what appears to be bacon grease. Mm. How does that make you feel, knowing that you may have disappointed some of your stauncher deadpan fans? Aw, oh, heck. You know, I sure don't like the sound of that. The thing is that my dad, rest his soul, always told me, waste not, want not, you know? Oh, he was real super. He was a real super guy, I tell ya. Oh, one time he even made it on the TV. Yeah. Okay, well, we were at we were playing the park the Packers. <laughs> I get all tongue twisted in this thing, but we were playing the Packers, and they caught my mom and dad on the kiss cam, you know. 
Go Vikings, yeah. Oh, yeah? Oh, you betcha, yeah. If you're just joining us, my guest is Mrs. Whittles. She's the brilliant artist behind such renowned works as Frigidaire, Macaroni Boat, and Sweet Corn in a Can. Mrs. Whittles, you just wrapped a six-day solo exhibition at Art Basel. What was that like? Oof. Well, I tell you, Miami was super. Oh, my gosh, and don't say anything but the fellas. Oh, my, it's like, oh. <laughs> well, let me just say they don't make them like that where I come from. No, mm. sir. Oh, though it was hot, I tell you, boy, oh boy, it felt like 150 degrees outside with all that humidity. Oh, sure. I swear, it felt like two squirrels in the back of a boathouse. I mean, don't get me wrong, I don't like to complain, but for crying out loud. Wow. Your fans span across age, race, gender, and class. What do you think it is that your audience is so drawn to in your work? You know, they've got these Majidos in Miami. Anyway, this man, Carlos, he just kept them coming, and it just got me thinking, you know, got my wheels and gears turning, and I was just thinking, cold in the cold cup and the hot air, what is consciousness, you know? I mean, since matter and energy can't be created, and they sure as heck can't be destroyed, and if our self-awareness is just the result of synapses fueled by, you know, organic energy, that is, energy and matter... Is an individual's consciousness ever truly lost? And if not, is there a collective human consciousness, you know? Hmm. We only have a minute, but I have to ask. Mrs. Whittles, what's your favorite food? Oh, lemon bars. Hmm. That was Gayla Lefevre interviewing hot art phenomenon Mrs. Whittles. Now, Gail, I have to ask, what does it feel like? I mean, what's going through your head when you're sitting in the presence of someone who everyone on Earth has agreed is such an accomplished artist? She makes Picasso look like, like, Jerkasso. Sure. Ah. Uh, I mean, it, it was a once-in-a-lifetime experience sitting down with Mrs. Whittles. Obviously, I've followed her work for the last seven years. I, I saw... Deadpan when it was at the MoMA. I went to the Whitney and saw her early work um, when it was being exhibited there. So to speak to her in the flesh was like speaking to Michelangelo. That's um, the artist, not the Ninja Turtle. Well, the Ninja Turtle, but also the artist. He is probably more of a celebrity at this point than Michelangelo the artist. Right, That's right. True. Because it wasn't only the artistic genius. It was the sheer celebrity of a figure like that. I mean, she is the Beyonce of the West. Oh, absolutely. I mean, what is the point of meeting someone if you can't take an Instagram with them that people you went to high school with will comment on? There is no point. And, and that's what brings me to Macaroni Boat. To hear her speak about her process and then to look at the work felt like a spirit spiritual awakening. I mean, she says her son Favre made the macaroni boat in his kindergarten class, and she says he used glue to put pasta on paper, but you know she's talking about the proletariat struggle. Absolutely, and indeed that proletariat is glued to one another in a desperate attempt to float on this nightmarish society we've created for ourselves, almost like the proverbial boat made of macaroni. So true. Also, if you think about it, and you do, because mm -hmm. you should, 
macaroni being elbow-shaped really reminds you that the proletariat right. works there. Uh, I believe the uh, common man's vernacular is elbow grease sure. into, oh, I don't know, factory assembly lines. Um, I think it's still a thing to have a whistle blow. Uh, yeah, and, and, and macaroni boat is clearly... Communalism versus capitalism. Fascinating. Yeah. Uh, she doesn't say it, but you hear it when she speaks about her work. You hear the political message, and I think that's what pushed a lot of people away in the 70s. Mm. Um, and it's, it's what's bringing people back now. Uh, she's made some really shattering work on race that we didn't get to talking about, but I think... Her Frigidaired series, uh, a series of fridge magnets, mm. will really ruffle some feathers when it when it hits the National Gallery of Art in the fall. Oh, I can imagine. So, I mean, the placement of these magnets on the refrigerator, I, I understand, is meant to be sort of symbolic of status and stature in society, how people are constantly putting magnetized figures on the surface of our society, uh, perched as high up as the, the freezer or as far down as the uh, proverbial crisper. Right, or, the vegetable or, or crisper. The, or the ghetto, if you will. Oh, and, and while I felt emotional being in her presence... Mm. I wanted to write down every single thing that Mrs. Whittle said. Everything she said was poetry. True. She hides a lot of insight beneath that impenetrable Midwestern accent, doesn't she? She does. I was fortunate enough to take an Instagram picture with her before she left. I uh, saw. I, I liked it. Yeah. I commented upon it. Yeah, I deleted your comment. No, I, I noticed. Don't worry. I was actually um, hoping that you would have commented upon my comment. Instead, you, I, I suppose, actually deleting the comment is a comment in and of itself. So, uh, with that in mind, uh, I win. Like I always do. I unfollowed you. Just now. I saw that. Yeah. Um, wow. Our friendship is really pulled into stark focus with modern technology. I'm just trying to build my follower base. Now, one last thing before my heart is so broken that I literally cannot open my mouth for another second. Um, uh, you, you brought a couple of prints with you, uh, you being, of course, Mrs. Whittle's biggest fan. Yeah. Um, it, these are, I, again, hasten to repeat, only prints. We cannot afford a Mrs. Whittle original. I mean, we're, <laughs> we're, we're public radio America. No. If we had that kind of money, uh, you people would be actually donating to us. So. And I'd have health care. Well, let's not go overboard. Mm. Um, and I'm looking at this really glorious print of sweet corn in a can. Oh, yeah. Now, you, you had mentioned uh, in one of your Facebook status updates a couple of days ago, which I don't Wednesday. know if you saw. I, it was on Wednesday that I uh, liked and commented upon that as well. It doesn't look like my comment is yeah, my, there anymore. Uh, moving past that and well, picking up the... Right. Well, look, I don't recommend people become Facebook friends with their mothers in the first place, especially for complicated reasons like this. But what can you tell me about the emotions that sweet corn in a can elicits? Anger. Fascinating. Yeah. 
that's not directed at me because of the Instagram thing. I, is it? Well, it's a little bit of both. Oh, okay. Mm, yeah. It's interesting. It's ironic that a can of sweet corn would bring about such a, shall we say, not-so-sweet emotion. Why is it sweet corn? I mean, that, that's what you're thinking when you look at the piece. Why isn't it normal corn? And I think about the pressure on women to appear pleasant in social situations. I think about the pressure on female celebrities to smile on the red carpet. I think about my mom. Your Facebook friend. Yeah. Counterpoint. Um, it's sweet corn because the label says so right here on the side of the corn. Well, you would say that. You're a man. Well, look, I mean, I, I'm not trying to say that everything uh, needs a label. I'm just saying that You're not this... trying to say that. That's what you're saying, because it says sweet corn, so it must be f***ing sugary, sweet, yellow corn. But I, I, you're, you're, you're not trying to put a label on the can? I, I couldn't really comment on the color of the corn. I'm, I'm sort of post-racial, you might say, so I'm, I'm really not interested in defining a foodstuff by its color. Oh, yeah. That's... But uh, I suppose some people are still uh, trapped in the Stone Age with no hope of getting out. Um, fascinating. We see it's yellow corn. I mean, you, you, see, you see the I corn see, in the can, and I it's see, the color yellow. I see sweet corn. I do not see yellow oh, corn. Aren't you progressive? I suppose next you'll be... Uh, talking about black-eyed peas or some other such antiquated notion of oh, that kitchen is, segregation. I'm, I'm, I'm not an old person. That's true. Wouldn't On this we can it. agree. You are certainly not an old person. No. Gail Lefevre. Thank you. An old soul, perhaps, but young at heart. Yeah. And young of tongue. And very young of tongue. Gail Lefevre, as always, thank you for... All things, everything, and even the things that you have nothing to do with. Thank you. PRA, Public Radio America, and You're Welcome are brought to you by Sound Baths. Come to lay on your back and listen to bulls vibrate, but stay for that, just that, the same thing. Listening to bulls vibrate while you lay on your back. That's pretty much it. But it does not claim to be anything else unless you come expecting a real, actual bath. You will stay dry. It is not a bath like you think it is. Sound baths, like dry cleaning for your soul. And by candles. The one item that feels appropriate for both a romantic anniversary dinner and an earthquake preparedness kit. Maybe gauze bandages too, depending on how you use them. That almost wraps up your welcome world news for the week, but first, Retractions. Netflix is not a natural resource like water or coal. Diamonds are a girl's best friend. Dogs are a man's best friend. But dogs made of diamonds are dangerous. They are no one's best friend, and they must never be approached, especially not on friendly or casual terms. Leap years occur once every four years, not four times every year. Iceland is a real place. A quick update on the PRA fundraiser. We are up to 1.16% of our goal. Donors at the $9 level will receive an email with the curt message, what was an even $10 just asking too much from you, you cheap son of a... Thank you for having us on in the background while you drive. 
And special thanks, as always, to correspondents Matt Wager, Levi Petrie, and Eric Stoles, along with interns Anna Salinas and Heather Higginbotham. And, of course, special in-studio waitress Zane Grant. I'm Stefan Hyphenstraitman saying thank you and you're welcome. National Security Agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security. <laughs> the NSA has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary. Tapped. Incidental recordings of private conversations from the files of the NSA. Now on feralaudio.com.